Howdy, boys and girls, and welcome. It is week six of the 2017 college football season, and it is also week six of the Carla and Crappy show. I'm Crappy. That's me. That over there is Carla down in Nashville. Carla, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited this week. We, we're 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 sticking with the Big Ten this week, and I'm I'm um, as we get into the kind of meteor stuff in the conference, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of pumped about this. Yeah, it's going to be. This is one of those. We finally got a week where there's not the marquee matchup. Right. Um, and, right. And, and the fact that it took us six weeks to get here, I'm okay with that. You know, mm -hmm. that like we, we've had five really great weeks of football. Mm -hmm. um, and, this and, week, and not this weekend, it's not really fair to call this a cupcake weekend either. Though. No, it's not. It's, no, it's, it's, it's just not, there's not that one marquee right. um, top 25 matchup that everyone's like, oh, yes, watching that game. Um, so this will be one of those. This will be one of those weeks where everything gets turned upside down because that's usually what happens, right? The week that there's nothing, and I'm using air uh -huh. quotes, um, <laughs> going on um, is the week that usually all heck breaks loose. So, right. so this should be a, a pretty fun week. Okay. Okay. Uh, as you uh, as you look back on week five, um, what what did you learn in week five? What did I learn? Um, I don't I don't know if I if I learned anything per <laughs> se, but my one big thing um, one big is thing, actually. Yes. My one big thing is actually three big things. And oh, that see, is that's three, cheating. That's yeah, cheating. It's three statement wins. It was okay. three teams that, that really kind of took hold of situations where they could have um, kind of hampered some of their ranking potential and their, their playoff um, roster scorecard, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, um, mm -hmm. for, the, for the committee. Um, and that was ridiculously huge wins by Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. Um, yep. You know, Georgia goes into to Rocky Top and just absolutely dismantles them. First scoreless game for Tennessee in, like, I don't know, 1,700 years feels like it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since Tennessee has been held scoreless in a game, let alone at home. Mm -hmm. um, Alabama steamrolled an Ole Miss team that is just really trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Um, and Cle Clemson, Virginia Tech, I mean, other than the, the enter Sandman at the beginning, um, that, what that happened was, to it that It was pretty game? much over after that. It was. It was one of those, you know, the atmosphere was, was fantastic, but, I mean, the game was over in the first quarter, and, and yeah. you just kind of could tell the, the demeanor of the two teams. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I only watched the first quarter of that game because mm -hmm. there were other interesting things happening. Texas Tech um, and, yeah. and Oklahoma State ended up being a much more entertaining game. Um, of course, AJ got the, the best game of the week, as we suspected, yes. um, with with Wazoo and, and USC. But but yeah, no, those three big wins by by Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson really kind of solidifying them as being right up in the upper echelon of, of college football this year is is probably a big thing. Can I can I do one more big thing? Oh God, okay. It's the opening night of hockey season. I have to say this, right? Oh, yes, yes, and I did. Um, we're actually delayed in taping a little bit in part because I was downstairs watching the Penguins raise the banner. On TV, uh, but uh, huh? watching the Penguins raise the championship banner uh, before they open the season against uh, against St. Louis. Well, and I'm going to stand up for for the audio Is listeners there? and show off my shirt. Um, Stanley Cup champions. Um, this is the first time in the in, um, since I got this shirt in Pittsburgh the day after the Pens won the cup because I was in Pittsburgh that weekend. Right. Um, this is the first time I've had this shirt on in the state of Tennessee um, for fear of my life. Um, being you know obviously living in Nashville with the Preds. Um, and rooted for both teams until the Stanley Cup final, and then I found myself rooting more for the for the Pens. And and this year, sorry, Preds fans, you signed you signed Hartnell. I, I, it's gonna be. I love I love Benino. I love that signing. He's a great yes. kid for Nationals. He made he really a great is. player here. Really is. Um, but 
gosh, I don't know if I can root for the Preds as long as Hartnell's on the roster. Um, real tough. I had I had a, a discussion with a friend of mine when I was uh, covering hockey for Ohio, at Ohio University. This is many many years ago, uh, and it was right after Alf Samuelson left the Penguins and signed with the Rangers. And my buddy was a Rangers fan. He was he did um, a color for the the, the OU hockey team uh, radio broadcasts. Um, really good guy. Uh, and I and I then I learned a, a ton from him. Um, and I had listened to him. I don't know if I remember that was like. Uh, a mid-season change. I, I kind of think it was because I had listened to him complain bitterly about Ulf Samuelson and what Ulf Samuelson was like and how he played. And then suddenly he's a Ranger and and Ulf Samuelson, he, you know, he wants to get an Ulf Samuelson jersey. He's ready he's completely. And I'm like, what, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, you didn't, you know, just like last week you were, you were griping at me about, about Ulf Samuelson and, and the kind of player he is. And he said, oh, Paul Samuelson is a goon, but now he's our goon. So yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. I don't, I don't know. No, um, once, once a flyer, always a flyer. Once a, a flyer, tough always one. a flyer. Yep. I, I, he's a tough one. Um, of the three teams that you mentioned, I, I would, I, I would say uh, the 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 big the big deal among that group is Georgia. I mean, certainly you expect yeah. Alabama to be there. Um, Clemson has been a bit of a surprise in that there hasn't been a whole lot of drop off on offense, um, but but you know you, you look at Clemson and you think yeah they're gonna they're they're gonna be there uh, right to the end, um, but but Georgia um, uh, you, you especially considering we haven't seen a whole lot of competitive football out of relatively speaking out of the SEC East uh, in recent years um, that, that Georgia has, has been making the statements that they're making. Uh, that's, that is impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can I do one more thing? Sure. I'm going to raise my glass and cheers to the men of Troy, Troy knocking off LSU at home. Yes. Um, what a win for the fun belt, first of all. Yes. Um, and, and, and now I think we should maybe have the, the first official Carlin crappy show, um, wager as to who gets fired first Ed Orgeron, or um, yeah, Tennessee just blanked. Uh, Butch, Butch, Jones. Butch, Butch Jones. Yes. Gosh, that's embarrassing. Um, yeah, can, we were can talking Mike about Riley, can Mike Riley be in there too. That we're going to talk about him in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, yes, we'll. No, and actually, my 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 uh, my one thing was uh, was LSU. Um, just uh, because, uh, I mean, the, the the loss to the Mississippi State um, is eye opening, but that that kind of thing can happen. Uh, in a in a competitive league, and you're and you're uh, you're on the road, and and um, maybe you wouldn't expect a blowout, uh, but but yeah, you look at that and like okay, within the realm of possibility, um, LSU's a, a young team. Losing to Troy, however, is not losing to Troy, is um is you know that that's like at Ohio State losing to Bowling Green or uh, one of the directional Michigans or or you know Mid American Conference school. It, it should not. Happened. There was actually, um, I read about this tonight. There was actually uh, the LSU's uh, athletic director um, called a meeting not only with Ed Orgeron, but with with his coordinators um, okay. to just sort of talk about what actually is going on here. And and it's a weird thing because there, there's sort of a breakdown of like the normal chain of command here, and it's and it says it, it really it really it really feels like um, the AD does not trust Ed Orgeron. Yeah. Um, that, that he feels the need to, to go directly to the coordinators and talk about the, the, this stuff. Um, 
I, I don't. Boy, I, I'm. I, I talk with my uh, my my friend uh, that I work with, who is a, a an LSU grad, um, and he's he is he is baffled. But it, it's. It, I, I wonder, you know, how much of this is a problem, which is uh, you know leftover from uh, from less. Did did less leave the cupboards bare um, effort with with shaky recruiting efforts in the last year or two? You, you, that that's something you, you at least have to think about. Um, and then, uh, boy, if you, I haven't had a chance to see LSU play much other than highlights. But um, from what I've read, it just it sounds like really sloppy, really undisciplined. And and at some point, that's that's coaching. That's yeah. that's um, you know, eighteen and nineteen year old kids are, are going to be sloppy and undisciplined unless they have someone you know who's making sure that they're not doing those things. Um, and and if if they continue to do that, you you, 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 you got to look at Ogeron and and think, um, right. do, do you make it through the year? Uh, and that would be a, a tough spot for LSU to have to to go through a couple different coaches in a couple different seasons. But um, lose, losing to Troy uh, that that uh, correctly raises a lot of red flags. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that one goes. That's a it's an interesting situation. Um, we have a, a, a as I said, you and I are going to are going to stick uh, to the Big Ten, um, but uh, we do have a slate of late night games, and uh, we're going to hear from uh, from our, our buddy, our Pac-12 uh, after dark correspondent AJ Kuftik to uh, take us through uh, whatever he has to take for us this weekend. AJ, go. Hey everybody, it's your buddy and pal AJ for this week's Pac-12 After Dark Report for the Carl and Crappy Show. Uh, we've got two more nights this week. Uh, we've got on Friday night, we've got a classic Mountain West rivalry, Boise State playing independent BYU, but they're basically Mountain West. They play a lot of Mountain West teams, so we'll call them uh, like Mountain West adjacent. Uh, Boise State BYU. This game is fun pretty much every year. It is not a terribly high scoring game, but it always gets weird for some reason. So uh, this one's being played in Provo. You should watch this game. 10-15 on Friday night. Uh, I fully expect this game to have a lot of bludgeoning, really. Um, there's a lot of beef this week on the Pac-12 After Dark uh because entirely uh, running base teams are playing each other, Boise State and BYU being no different, uh, I expect that one to be pretty fun. BYU is not terribly great this year, but they get up for Boise State, uh, mostly because they used to be what Boise State is now. So, hey, go BYU. Have some fun with that one. 10-15 uh, Saturday night, Stanford at Utah. Do you like tight ends? Do you like nine down linemen? Get used to it, because these people are going to beat each other to death via football. Um, no, this is going to be a lot of running. I don't expect a ton of passing in this game. Uh, I mean, Vegas has the over-under on this game at 51, in case that gives you any sort of feel on this game. I, you know, you, this, is, this is a 21-17 special right here. So uh, buckle up for this one. Uh, thankfully, with it featuring a lot of running, that means this game isn't ending at 2 in the morning. Looking at you, Wazoo. Uh, speaking of Wazoo, I'm going to give you one bonus game. It is technically not a Pac-12 after dark game, although it will be dark on the East Coast when this game happens. Uh, Wazoo goes to Oregon. Uh, that is an 8 p.m. game, which means you do not have to stay up until 2 in the morning to watch that game happen. I would be a bit more excited about this game, if not overtly excited about this game, if 
Jimmy Herbert, who the starting quarterback for Oregon, if he were still playing. He is not playing. He's been uh, deemed out for this game, uh, along with the uh, starting running back for Oregon, Royce Freeman. Both of them not playing, which makes me sad because that could have been a super fun. This could have been an 80-point affair, no problem, if both of those guys were playing. Uh, instead, of Vegas got the over-under at 60.5. So, you know, hey, watch for the push. But, yeah, I mean, this could be pretty fun, but it's not going to be nearly as bonkers as it would be if both offenses were uh, running at full tilt. So uh, I highly recommend stay up with me, hash 12, pack 12 after dark. Uh, also follow me on Twitter at AJ Kuftik. Uh, Carlo and Crappy love to tweet tweet out links to let you know that I uh, the, the pack 12 after dark enjoyer has logged on. So uh, follow me and let's, get, let's, let this, let's let these games get fun. Awesome, AJ. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for um, – I need to buy you some coffee. Maybe, maybe should we do that? Like, take up a collection and, and get him. He just he has his own coffee roaster. Um, so, so, so do we, we need can, to get him like coffee beans? Is that yes, what we get him? Yes. Okay, something. Yeah. But we can it, somehow contribute to his his efforts to to watch the games that I'm, I'm waiting. We'll work on that. Yeah, that's something we can we can take care of. Um, as promised, boys and girls, uh, we have, and this, the, the premise of this is kind of interesting because if you're if you're just looking at lines, um, there there aren't the three games that we're going to talk about aren't really spectacular games, but they all have potential. Uh, the second two in particular, um, that that there could be upsets. Uh, certainly, have the potential to be more competitive than you might expect. Um, and and I'm I'm happy to say this. Um, We'll, especially in the, uh, the Big Ten East, we're going to find some stuff out this weekend, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we will start with my boys, uh, Maryland at number 10, Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 30. <laughs> yeah. And given what Maryland has done this season, uh, I, if, I'm, if I'm a gambling man, and I'm not, but I would, I would look hard at that line and, and, and be really tempted to take Maryland in the points. But, Carla, I'll let you let – you, you go ahead and, and tell me what you think about this one. Yeah, and that's – I actually agree with you. That was, that was the line on this game. doesn't really make a lot of sense based on how Maryland has played so far this year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is a Maryland team that shocked the world by beating Texas at home in week one. Now, a lot has changed with Maryland since then. Unfortunately, they've lost two quarterbacks to knee injuries. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, they're running with a third-string quarterback – with a name meant for Oktoberfest and Matt Bortenschlager. Um, Jägermeister. I thought it was Jägermeister. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. It's like a drink I could order at Oktoberfest this weekend over in Germantown. You know, it's um, yeah, <laughs> Max Bortenschlager. Um, but he's he's having himself a good a good season. You know, if you can call it a season, it's been what a game and a half, something like that. Um, but this is, I mean, this is a Maryland team that, that, despite facing this adversity, has actually performed quite well. Handed Minnesota their first loss. Um, of, of the year last week. Um, and, and they're led by a running back who's, who's had himself a decent year. Ty Johnson scored the game-winning touchdown last week against Minnesota. And they do have this solid run game and run attack that, you know, takes some of the pressure off the fact that they're playing with their third-string quarterback. Um, interestingly enough, this matchup is against a team who happens to know what it's like to run a season with a third-string quarterback. Might have, um, might have done that so, a time or two. A time or two, right? Yeah. So, so it's 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 a really kind of interesting matchup. But and and, and then you, you throw in the wrinkle of the fact that DJ Durkin is a former Meyer assistant who has a you know has the the working knowledge of of the way Urban likes to call games and and you know has been in those coaching huddles. Um, really, really intriguing. But but 
am I worried about an upset here? No, I'm not worried about an upset here at all. Um, I, I think the line is way off. I, I think this game is going to be much closer than 30 points. Um, I still think it's probably a two-score win for Ohio State, but the fact they're playing at home, and this Maryland team, let's be honest, I mean, they've beaten some, some good teams, but they just simply have not faced a defense like this Ohio State defense. So even if the Ohio State offense doesn't quite get in sync, which we've seen a couple times this year, it takes them a while to kind of get up and running, I'm not sure that's going to matter because the Ohio State defense is so good. Um, and I think with a third-string quarterback back there, if, if you can contain a running game, you're going to rattle the third-stringer. Um, and, and I think it's going to equate to an Ohio State win. Um, but I definitely think that the, the line is way off. Obviously, I'm leaving a lot of the Ohio State analysis to you. But um, I, I think the game could be close in the first quarter. I, I really do. I think it's going to be an early kind of back and forth kind of thing. But there's just no way that this, this Maryland offense is ready for that Ohio State defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and nor is the Maryland defense really ready for this Ohio State offense if the offense can get on sync. Um, earlier in the game, it could be it could be a blowout, but I, I anticipate it being closer than thirty. Um, but the Buckeyes win. I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, this is uh, of these three games. I don't. I this would be the one that I say now. Not 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 an upset. I don't think. Um, but yeah. uh, but Maryland's. I mean, Maryland has had they they've they found a good rushing game uh, that they can rely on. I think they were twenty uh, fourth. Uh, best in the country uh, in rushing yards per game. Uh, that's that's certainly respectable, uh, and that that helps um, take the pressure off of third-string quarterback uh, Max Jägermeister, Borton. I would like I would like a, a Borton Schlager sandwich with a, a shot of Jägermeister on the side, please. Um, the difficulty the difficulty that Maryland has with with that arrangement. Um, in in theory, that's how you'd want to approach a game like this. You want you want to lean on a rushing game, keep the pressure off your quarterback, and hold on to the ball for a while. Um, the 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 reality is that um, Ohio State's rush defense has been uh, the the one sort of um, uh, unimpeachable uh, unit of the entire team all right. season. So that's that presents a problem for the Terrapins. Um, and then uh, watching. As as I had hoped, uh, Ohio State's offense has taken the the past couple weeks against UNLV, against Rutgers, uh, to to kind of iron some things out. There's still there's still some rough stuff um, that that I, I'm not as a fan. I am not happy with. Um, I, I would love to see more consistent deep balls, but but there are but there are plays to stretch the field, um, and and you know you, you can argue that. Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's a crossing route or a, a, a bubble screen that breaks for a, a long gain or a touchdown, or if it's a you know a, the pass is, is fifty yards in the air, um, six to one, half dozen the other. Um, my my father complains that the Ohio State isn't scoring enough rushing touchdowns, and I'm dead. They all count the same. And the, and the <laughs> rushing and the rushing game. I actually I'm I'm intrigued by what's going to happen with this because there is sort of a. Um, uh, a, a two-headed thing that if if uh, Urban can manage that uh, with a, a physical, more physical guy like Mike Weber, and the, uh, the 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 quick athletic guy J.K. Dobbins, that that's an interesting thing. It presents a challenge for for any defense, um, much less the uh-huh. Terrapins. So I, 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 yes, this is this is a comfortable win for Ohio State. Um, I, I again, I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I would I would be really tempted to take Maryland and the and the thirty points. Um, because I think you could, uh, if you were if so inclined, you could win some money there. But um, but this is a this is a Buckeyes win, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Next up, um, <laughs> this for the first time ever, Michigan and Michigan State will be playing at night. 
Uh, they're playing in Ann Arbor. Michigan is uh, ranked seventh. Michigan is favored by 10. Eh, about as you expect. Um, there's a whole lot of belly aching from both schools. Uh, it's like they've just discovered electricity up in Michigan and are horrified by the, you know, the bright lights at, at night and they don't understand how this works. But, um, but the game is going to happen. Starts at 730. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this one? Yeah, this is one of those, you know, as I started looking into this game, I started getting into that dangerous world of the transitive property of college football, which is a game that you cannot play, right? As I've learned, <laughs> as I've learned a lot in my, in my fondness for picking Mississippi State, I'm sorry, Bulldogs, I'm done. I'm not picking you again for the rest of the year. You've let me down two weeks in a row. I'm over it. Um, especially after watching LSU get beat, right? That, yes, and, you know, yes. I, I, I kept ranking that against the LSU game, game right, right. and thinking that LSU, they, you they know. They beat LSU, are you kidding they me? They beat LSU, right, yeah. Um, and then we found out that, oh, wait, LSU, not all that good. Um, and so you end up with that transitive property again this week because you have a Michigan State team that just knocked off an Iowa team that gave Penn State a headache a couple of weeks ago. And so right. now you're in that same kind of like, okay, so maybe Sparty can actually win this game. Um, which isn't completely out of the question, but would be very high, uh, very highly unlikely that that's actually going to happen because, I mean, you're playing in the big house. It's a game at night. Yes, both schools are belly aching about that. I, I don't understand that. I, it's Every other team, every other rivalry in the country plays at 730. Like, what's the big deal? I don't figure it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyhow, so it, what this ends up being is actually a matchup of two really, really good defenses. Mm -hmm. You have the top-ranked defense in the Big Ten in Michigan State, or in Michigan, excuse me, um, and the number three-ranked defense in in the Spart in Michigan State. So, is this going to be a high-scoring affair? No, especially yeah. with the struggles that that Michigan has had in the red zone this year. Now they've they've started to kind of sort that out. They've played better in the last week or so, but Michigan's also coming off of a bye. Um, and so it's a, it's a really interesting kind of dynamic here that Harbaugh actually has announced that um, John, uh, John O'Kern will actually start – John O'Korn, sorry. O'Korn. Um, O'Korn. Another, yes. another good October name. I mean, come on. We're all over this, right? Um, it's, it's the Halloween so, episode a couple of weeks early. Um, side, side of O'Korn with my Borton Schlager. <laughs> yes. Good Lord. <laughs> I think we just named this week's episode. Um, anyhow. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> okay, so anyhow. Um, so, so, so John O'Korn is starting at quarterback uh, over um, um, Wilton Spate because apparently Spate suffered some sort of injury that nobody is really aware air of. Um, and air, air quotes yeah. here. Heavy, air quotes injury. heavy air quotes around injury. Right, so we don't know what's going on with Wilton, Wilton Spate, but he's not starting. Um, is he available? No idea. That was kind of one of those Harbaugh rabbits out of a hat, which he loves to do. Um, so, so you have a new quarterback, and, 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 and O'Korn played um, in, in the Wolverines' last game and actually did a pretty nice job with that offense and actually put them in the end zone a couple times. So, you know, I think that maybe that's the quote-unquote injury. Um, I think probably. So, so it, that's kind of sorting itself out. Michigan State has kind of um, found itself a quarterback in, in Brian Lewerke. Has had a decent season so far, about over 900 yards, eight touchdowns. But he, the, the bad thing about the Michigan State offense is the fact that it's pretty one-dimensional. And if Lewerke doesn't have a good day, like there's nothing else in that offense. Um, because Lewerke is also the team's leading rusher. Right. Um, and that's, there's no that's, run. That's yeah, something I noticed, no and that's not good. That's not good, and and there's like no run game other than Lewerke scrambling, like or or the option, like that's just 
And that's terrifying going up against, I mean, ask Florida about that, right? Um, you know, against that Michigan defense. So, yes, this game has intrigue. I, I actually think playing it at night may, adds a, an interesting wrinkle to this whole thing. Um, but, no, the Wolverines are going, going to win this game because if – I mean, all you have to do is, is keep Lewerke in the pocket, right? And, and then you've made the team one-dimensional and against the number one defense in the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan's going to win this game, and I think it's going to be – I think the line is actually pretty close in this game. I think 10 points is about um, – where it should be for this one. So, yep, I like the Wolverines at home. Okay, okay. Uh, if there's if there's a game among the three that I was going to pick an upset in, it would be this one. And and I'm yeah. as I'm I'm going to make up my mind actually as I'm speaking. So, <laughs> so you can take that for what it's worth. And I, and I'm the, the the only reason that I would I would seriously consider a Michigan State win here is that Mark D'Antonio has owned this game since becoming a head true. coach of Michigan State. And I think it's That's I think true. it's seven out of ten. I, I think it's mm-hmm. I mean it's it's something really solid like that. So um and 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 wins in Arbor in Ann Arbor. I mean y'all remember the original the kid the Serena Cobra guy um yep. after the, the thing a couple years ago. Uh, it, it happens and it happens in weird ways and and uh it, it can happen in a rivalry game like this. Um yep. The, the stuff that you mentioned, I mean, on defense, Michigan State looks like Michigan State. Uh, that yes, absolutely. Um, the the offense thing is weird because I'm I'm used to seeing I'm used to looking at at Mark Antonio's uh, teams and seeing Trestle Ball, and yep. Trestle Ball is not having your quarterback is the leading rusher that 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 does not work. Right. Um, so uh, the the point you made about uh, about containing Michigan State's quarterback that's. Uh, that that could be the key. Although I wonder if if Michigan is a little uh, is a little aggressive in the pass rush, um, over pursues a little bit. Maybe you know maybe there's an opening there for uh, for Michigan State to react a little bit. Um, probably not, <laughs> but but it's, it's a possibility. Um, then and then with with the addition of Acorn, who came in after the air quotes injury uh, to Walton Spate against Purdue. Um, they, they they miraculously found some red zone scoring offense, and that's right. literally the first time all season that they've done that. So um, I was not surprised that uh, that Wilton Spate, you know, lost an arm or whatever it was that happened. That's going to keep him out for a while. Um, in, in favor of John O'Corn, uh, who's you know he's not he's more he's more an athletic guy. Um, he he's not he doesn't have the arm strength. I don't has the same accuracy, but he's just. There's a there's a, a kind of you know playmaker quality to him um, that maybe maybe that works better for it certainly appeared to work better for Michigan uh, as in the second half at, at Purdue. Um, okay, I, I don't I could not I tried really hard Carla and I could not talk myself into Michigan, picking Michigan State to win this game. I, I, it's going to be tight because it's a rivalry game and that's and that's yeah. that's how these things go. But I will pick Michigan in this one. Um. <clears throat> yes. No. That's uh, yes. Stopping. I made up my mind. Picking Michigan. <laughs> Here we go. I know uh, it pains you to say, but uh, this you know these things happen. Um. The the, the third game that we're going to talk about is uh, number nine Wisconsin at Nebraska. Another situation where you know if you're if you're thinking about traditional college football and powers and all that stuff, man. Ah, like, oh, Wisconsin at Nebraska. This is going to be awesome. Um. Except Nebraska. Ain't Nebraska. Um, right. what, what do you what do you think about this one? Yeah, this is this is one of those those games that the atmosphere is going to be awesome. Kind of uh, not all that dissimilar to what we were talking about with Blacksburg last week, right? 
that like the game atmosphere is absolutely critical here. And and Lincoln is at night is one of the toughest places to play. Mm -hmm. Proof in point, the last time Nebraska lost at home at night was 2008. So they haven't lost a home game, and they're calling for a blackout, which is like you know the thing in right. Lincoln. So right. it, and and what I love what I love about this game is this is Nebraska hasn't been part of the Big Ten for all that long. But what has happened in the Big Ten West is that this has kind of become a rivalry. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily to the level of what we just talked about in Michigan, Michigan State. It's not necessarily, it's no, nowhere close to an Ohio State, Michigan. Um, but this has turned into a really nice little rivalry in the, in the Big Ten West. Maybe it's because these are the two teams that generally contend for the title. Sure. Um, but this is this is not your typical Nebraska team. This is not your nine and four Bo Pelini. This is a Mike Riley coach team, and Mike Riley is kind of coaching for his job in this game. Um, after you know a, a terrible start to the season, losing to Northern Illinois, um, which is maybe not quite as bad as Troy, but it, it, it it's still kind of in that same league, right? Of the whole like. It, a loss that Nebraska should not have, and and you know the AD at Nebraska got fired after that game, and so you have to think that you know if Mike Riley can't put up a, a winning record here, he's not long for that job because whoever the new AD is will fire him and hire the, his own guy. You know, yes. um, welcome to the coaching carousel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so there's a lot riding on this game. Um, but Nebraska has okay, kind of turned it around. But but take that for what it's worth, because their last two wins—they're entering the game at two and two. Their last two wins have been against Illinois and Rutgers, not necessarily the the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, um, but two games that you should win. Mm -hmm. And they've and they've managed to do that. Now Mike Riley has said that his defense has stepped up. We'll find out for sure on Saturday night whether or not his defense is really stepping up, um, because they have to contain a Wisconsin offense that will have it. You know, the the, the Nebraska defense is going to have its hands full with the two um, Wisconsin running backs yeah. in uh, yeah. Divino Zigbo and 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 the freshman Jonathan Taylor, who I, a lot of people are actually already comparing him to Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. um, saying that he runs in a similar style here. So, so you've got the, the traditional Wisconsin running back, Ron Dane, you know, the whole um, mystique about the, the, the Wisconsin offense, and it's there. Alex Hornibrook, not your flashiest quarterback, doesn't have to be in that system, never has had to be in a Wisconsin system, but he gets the job done. So I think it's one of those nights that, okay, I, I think if you're a Nebraska fan – it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. It's going to be a really close game in the first half. I really think that because the atmosphere and, and the momentum out of that playing in that atmosphere at home is really going to kind of fuel the Huskers offense. Mm -hmm. But man, I think in that second half, I think Wisconsin is able to pull away. I think this is about a 10 point line too. And that feels uh, 11 and a half. Yeah. I think that, and that feels about right to me. Um, I think, I think Nebraska will play up because of the environment, because of who they, you know, they, they understand the severity of the situation with their coach. Sure. Um, but I don't think their up is going to be high enough to be able to, to be a Wisconsin team that's looking pretty good this year. Okay. Okay. I, I, to get one thing out of the way, um, I, I said we don't know what Nebraska really is. Um, we, we do know what Wisconsin is, and Wisconsin is what they always are. And it is a monstrous offensive line. It is the rushing game. Uh, it is a passing attack that doesn't that is opportunistic, doesn't have to win games for them. Um, right. and it's and it's and it's defense. Um, and that's that's what the Badgers do, and it's what they're doing this season. That's and that's why they're ranked uh, number number nine in the country at this point. Um, 
uh, Mike Riley is correct when he says that the defense has has improved. And this was this is a thing that I read earlier today that I, that I was uh, stunning in one sense. They've held three straight opponents to under 250 yards. Unfortunately, one of those games was a loss. Uh-huh. And how how do you have a defensive effort like that and still lose to to to, to not not as bad as Troy, but to but to Northern Iowa, uh, or excuse me, Northern Illinois. Um, that's that that's that's going to be one that that Mike Riley, if he needs to do, I, I think he needs to do better than than um, just sort of uh, breaking even or just above five hundred. He, he needs to have a pretty solid season from this point out because the new AD is going to ask, how is it that uh, that a guy who came from a conference where where offense uh, is the thing. Uh, uh-huh. you should, and you show up in Nebraska, and you hold an opponent to uh, to under two hundred fifty yards, and you still lose to him. That's that's right. going to be that's going to be one that's going to be tough for Mike Riley to explain. So, um, I, I, stuff has to stuff has to change in Nebraska. Stuff has to change in Lincoln, and and the timing of this game, boy, I w- it, it would be fun just as a fan to see something really competitive. And I and I think you're right. I think it will be. I think the 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 atmosphere in the nighttime. Uh, game in Lincoln is going to be is going to be a lot of fun for a while, um, but this just feels like a game. Um, you know, this is this is this is what Ohio State does uh, against opponents um, when they should win. It maybe Ohio State starts a little slow, um, but uh, uh, bigger guys, more physical guys, more athletic guys. By the time the third quarter comes around, you saw it against uh, Indiana for for my team, and then you'll see it. Right. In this game, in the third quarter, um, the, the the bigger, better guys will take over this game, um, and 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 you know, ten points, twelve points. That's that's probably about right. But uh, I, I see a Wisconsin win uh, in this one as well. Yeah, that was always the big knock against Mike Riley in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he had a similar, and, and that's why you know when when he was hired at Nebraska, there was a lot of head scratching. Like, why would you hire a guy that was just kind of mediocre in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. to come to the Big Ten? And we're like, well, maybe it's because you know the Pac-12 offenses are a different ball game than than Big Ten offenses, and maybe his style of play will work in the Big Ten. I'm not sure he's convinced anybody of that at this point. Uh, you know, that, uh, no, that and, his style and, of play works. and the important thing is that he's he's gonna, and I, I have this written down, and you mentioned it. You know, he's he's gonna have to convince a new athletic director. Uh, at some point right. down the line, that um, that it can work, uh, and and so far, um, that's I mean, if I'm if I'm a new AD coming into that into that position, that's a that that's a really tough sell. Um, it's too bad. I mean, for for everything that I that I know about him, he's a nice guy. Uh, runs good, runs a good program, but that's he's in a tough spot, um, and things will have to turn around for the Corn Huskers. Uh guys, I think that's all we have. For this week, we really appreciate so. uh, you joining us. I need to find the screen where I'm talking to someone. There we go. I'm, I'm <laughs> completely thrown. I actually I had to do a flash update so we could tape this episode. So it's like I'm. This is like 2005. Where where am I? Hello, hello. Um, but at any rate, uh, we're gonna get this stuff taken care of. Turn it all off. Just watch football on normal TV all weekend. So that's 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 an easy thing. That's a that's technology that I can that I can manage. Um, Carla, thank you very much. Yep, thank you as always. Happy Oktoberfest. Happy Oktoberfest. Uh, after uh, Borton Schlager, um, Jagermeister, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm and gonna. A side nip- of corn. 
I'm gonna have to go to I'm gonna have to go to the Penn Brewery for dinner at some point this weekend because uh, all this German stuff is like, yeah, that sounds good. Guys, thank you very much for watching. Uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you.